May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. It's great to be back. I missed you all. So, one of the highlights of my trip to California was the chance to visit the Monterey Bay Aquarium. I actually went twice. If you've been there, you know that the buildings sit right on the water. So even when you are inside, the vast body of water and those large rocks and pounding waves are visible everywhere you look. You see the sky and the ocean, the distant horizon in all its beauty and wildness. Even as you realize that these views the ones we're so familiar with, are simply the surface. As my son remarked, oh my gosh, we just see the roof. Now the exhibits in the aquarium reveal what is going on under the surface. So as you explore down hundreds or even thousands of feet under the ocean, the beauty and the wildness, the fierce and the weird, are revealed. Prehistoric sand bugs like this big, and giant crabs that are the stuff of nightmares. I couldn't even look at one of them straight on. All sorts of different jellyfish, even a baby octopus using a kelp leaf for a blanket as she napped. I found myself in awe and wonder at God's power and imagination, humbled by these creatures who live in the sea, some in complete darkness. How much bigger and wilder and not about us the creation is. We see the surface most of the time, and when more truth, more life is revealed, it is amazing and life-changing. So now revelation and amazement at God's power and glory, those are the themes of the season of Epiphany. Jesus is revealed in his baptism to be God's beloved Son. In the temptation in the wilderness, he counters the temptations of the devil. In today's story from Mark, we see him as fully embodying God's authority and power. It's startling, really, maybe just because I've been away, but this seemingly quick move in our lectionary from Christmas to the adult Jesus. I was thinking about the last time I offered a sermon here, and it was Christmas morning. And at that time, I said that God comes to us as the baby Jesus because we can understand the vulnerability of a human infant. At Christmas, we are moved and amazed by this baby. And we spend a lot of time talking.
talking about his human flesh. It is the feast of the Incarnation. Jesus is God with us, fully human, like us. And then we come to Epiphany in the weeks that follow, and the focus switches almost abruptly to Jesus revealed in God's power and authority. He is still human, but the divine aspects of God's power are revealed. Jesus' identity as the Messiah, the Son of God, the Lord of the cosmos, are on display. And we don't honestly really know what to do with this any more than the astounded crowd in the synagogue in today's reading. Who is this Jesus? This one who speaks with authority and even commands the unclean spirits. Fleming Rutledge, who's an Episcopal priest and theologian, wrote a little book about Epiphany, which I read while I was away. And she suggests that we are very familiar with talking about Jesus as a healer, a moral teacher, a lover of outcasts, a political revolutionary, a spiritual guide, an example to emulate. And those, those things are true, right? And are perhaps, I want to suggest, the beautiful surface of the ocean of knowing Jesus. Those things that are all good. But a deeper dive into the scriptures and an open receptivity to the gospel accounts can help us to see and to know Jesus as the Son of God, the judge who is to come in the last days, the Lord and ruler of all. I call it this morning refers to this when it proclaims that God is almighty and everlasting and governs all things, both in heaven and on earth. God governs all things in heaven and on earth. Do we believe this? That God is in charge? That Jesus has power over all the evil and brokenness of our world? Now, Rutledge, who's a very plain speaker, she says, Christians need confidence in the identity of our Lord and Master. We need to read the Bible more carefully, listening for the way that the witnesses to Jesus seek to convey his glory in their accounts of his ministry, death, and resurrection. Today's story from Mark is an important instance of this opportunity. It is the account of the first act of Jesus' public ministry. And Mark is clear that Jesus' first act is actually not a healing. 
Jesus' exorcism of the unclean spirit, Jesus talks directly to the demon, not to the person. So the person who the spirit is inhabiting isn't really relevant, except as a vehicle in this story. So Jesus addresses this demon, and this little exorcism represents God's mission to conquer evil and demonic powers. Let's remember that Jesus arrived into the real world with evil and sin, and the gospel writers proclaim that Jesus has the power to defeat all of this, to defeat the devil, the demons, the evil that pervades the world as we know it. This is the Jesus revealed. This is the Jesus who will rise from the dead, having defeated the power of sin and death at Easter. So one of the advantages for going away for a while and going at a distance is it allows one to re-engage with the bigger picture, right? When you're not mired in the little minutia of daily life and work, at least for me, my brain opens up a little bit and I can see farther distances and bigger. So one of the things I thought a lot about when I was away was the was the seasons of the church year, the way our church year is organized in different seasons to offer us experiences and invitations to know Jesus in his many aspects. And I thought about how some of the seasons, sometimes we have a favorite one because we like the color, but I want to suggest that we have a favorite season because we're comfortable with the Jesus that's presented in a particular season. And I want to invite you to think about naming for yourself where you might settle into looking at the surface and the comfort versus diving into places that are less familiar. So let's walk through it. I talked already about Christmas, right? At Christmas, we reflect on Jesus' humanity. The fact that he was born as a baby into our world with a mother and a father, and he cried, and he laughed, and he was like us. Now we're in the season of Epiphany, which focuses on Jesus' divine power. Lent is coming up in just a couple of weeks. And again, I think we tend to focus on, again, on Jesus' humanity during Lent because we watch him suffer betrayal and disappointment and some successful things in his ministry, but not always, right? Easter, the season of Easter, we focus again on his divinity as one who is resurrected from the dead. That long season of ordinary time after Pentecost, we live out our call for ministry as the body of Christ. And then we come to Advent again when we contemplate Jesus as the Lord and the Judge who will come again in great glory. So there's this constant 
I mean, Jesus doesn't change, right? He's always fully human and fully divine. But the way our liturgy works, we emphasize different aspects in these seasons. And there's this sort of constant balancing between the humanity of Jesus and the divinity of Jesus. And I think I want to suggest we're more comfortable with the humanity side. So which of the seasons help you to know Jesus? And how might you stretch your own understanding and risk confronting him in a new way in these epiphany stories? So Duke Divinity Emeritus Will Willimon says that nowadays many of us are timid about proclaiming Jesus as our living Lord, as though we were embarrassed to claim too much. Perhaps we ourselves have not altogether seen his glory and come to believe in him as did some of the witnesses, the disciples, and the other people that we read about in these stories. So the invitation is there, it's here, right now. And I wonder, as we head into Lent, I wonder what Lent would look like if we read and heard the stories in Lent with a higher Christology, you know, with an awareness of Jesus' divinity throughout that journey to the cross. How would it change or shift how we see and hear this part of the story. I don't, I don't know the answer. I'm just um, offering it as, a, as an invitation and a challenge for all of us. That we can, as we go forward these last couple of weeks in Epiphany and into Lent, maybe read and listen really carefully to allow the light of Christ's glory to shine through our doubts or our embarrassment or our fears or whatever. Because the good news, my friends, is, is, is he has come to save us, to save us from death. Good news. Amen.